Hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Caring Classroom. This is the final interview, I think it will be the final interview, in our series on belonging. Uh, it's called Belonging, an Accident or a Process, or Process, depending on how you say that word. Um, this interview was done with a really fascinating person. He's just um, a really exuberant, kind, and lively spirit. He, you can tell just by meeting him that he's definitely a lifelong learner. In fact, where we did this interview from his home, he has an entire wall full of books uh, that are he, he and his wife's books. And he has an interesting teaching context that I'll let him tell you about. But um, it provided a really interesting platform for us to talk about belonging in a very different way. I hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. I think he is a, a fascinating person and it's wonderful that we have teachers like him and like all of my interviewees out in the world. So let me know what you think and uh, enjoy. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be here on our on our lovely podcast. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks. Cool. Um, so... The way it kind of works is we we start with like personal experiences with belonging, move into institutional, and kind of make our way back. So okay. it feels a little disjointed, but I think there's a lot of power in uh, talking about belonging and where we came from and how that affects what we do as educators. Sure. So can you give a story of a time where you really felt like you did belong? Sure. Um, uh Growing up, I played sports with okay. a lot of teams, um, and um, some of them, you know, there's that great bonding feeling, and some mm -hmm. of them, it's absolutely not. Mm -hmm. um, I think of a time um, I was asked to, to join a team, even though I wasn't as good as the caliber of player on that team, but okay. I was older, and it was a very young team. Okay. So I was asked to join just to be a steady influence kind mm -hmm. of thing and um just the fact that the coach was very straightforward and just said here's the role we envision for you mm -hmm. we know that you're not going to be the strongest player on the team that doesn't matter we're bringing you for these reasons and as long as you're contributing here mm -hmm. that's what matters okay and so we did a great job in setting expectations and i didn't worry about you know my role or how i felt right. i knew i had a yeah. I had a job to do. Yeah. And if I did it, I was helping. I was part right. of the team. Okay. And he had done such a good job with everyone there that everyone felt pretty confident, pretty safe in their position on the team. Cool. And so for me, it was it was an amazing exercise to see the kids who were awesome. And some yeah. of them were awesome. Yeah. Didn't mind that other players weren't, yeah. you know, weren't at that level because it been clear. No, they're playing their role. And when everyone plays their role, we succeed as a team. And it was just so powerful. And it was established right from the beginning. Yeah. So it wasn't a, oh, things are getting off track or anything mm -hmm. like that. It was just, this is what we need to do. And as a result, I it stands out for me as the best season of sports right. I got to play. Right. Um, right. So that was huge. Oh, that's super interesting because I think um, in having – in giving those clear expectations, it let you also probably thrive in your role as opposed to going, oh, I'm never any good at this, so I, so you might not thrive in any context, yeah. right? Whereas now you know why you're there, you know what your gifts are and have been acknowledged for those gifts, mm -hmm. and then, okay, how can I yeah. continue this? And the idea of you know, letting leadership develop on its own is always seems to be the default. Mm -hmm. All the leaders will come forward. Mm -hmm. um, and the issue, and we know being a good leader doesn't mean you're going to lead them in a good direction. Mm -hmm. It just means you're skilled at leadership. Yeah. And so by empowering leaders, by picking people to not take over the role, but know that they have a job in influencing the role, mm -hmm. um, I think it, it really changed the dynamic of we're going to say that you have permission to do this. Everyone has permission mm -hmm. to be involved, but if you are worried that you're not stepping up, no, you can. Mm -hmm. um, and then what ended up happening, which was really great, was um, you saw leaders start to emerge because it was pretty low risk. You knew there was leaders on the team. Mm -hmm. So um, if you felt the need to stand up, you could mm -hmm. because 
it wasn't a, oh, we're in trouble or, oh, mm-hmm. that's not my job. Mm-hmm. I um, stepped out of line, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. we weren't given, like, parameters that you couldn't move out of. Right. You were just given... Like a baseline. Yeah, kind of. like, this is why you're here. So as long as you're doing yeah. that, you don't have to worry about anything else. But if you if you want to demonstrate that, that's just going to yeah. help the team. Yeah. So it was giving guiding roles, but in a really positive way. Yeah. And... um and one thing too with sports, right? If you're not contributing to the win, mm-hmm. how much did you affect the team? Mm-hmm. Are you helping? Are you there? Mm-hmm. And so, creating a culture that didn't have to have winning and losing be part of it. Yeah, you didn't. Team. That was the first time you mentioned winning or losing yeah. at any point, right? Because and, and success can be defined super differently than winning or losing, yes. right? Yeah. Um, but then the the losses became rare for one we Mm -hmm. didn't lose very often Mm -hmm. and when we did it was okay Mm -hmm. no one failed the team the team needs to improve Mm -hmm. and if everyone just does their job a little more works a little harder at their job yeah we'll be good um it was crazy i give that coach so much credit yeah and he would never accept any of it and so the that element the very humble guy who just loved it was probably a huge part of why he did that yeah the ego isn't isn't there no, right. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Okay, now on the other side, yes. Can you talk about a story and you can be as specific or not as you like where you felt like you really didn't belong? Yeah. Um and the sports just to continue the sports metaphor was um you know, on teams where um it was very much the opposite where you're given free reign mm-hmm. and again the leadership that when you let it develop, we had some very strong leaders who um, weren't their goal wasn't for the team to be the best it could be mm-hmm. um, because as kids that's a really hard goal to just you know how do you tell 13 and 14 year olds mm-hmm. like yeah you guys are gonna guide this team in the right direction um, and then what happened is the team very quickly broke into you know, cliques and groups mm-hmm. and um, there became lots of blame and exclusion mm-hmm. um, so it it was a situation where even if you were one of the one of the kids in the the ringleaders group you were still not included in everything you didn't belong Mm -hmm. to the team because the team didn't really belong to anyone it was just kind of a really negative atmosphere right it wasn't Um, a team no it was a group of people who happened to show up who all wore the same colors for some reason yeah Yeah. they're wearing the same shirt for some reason yeah who knows um and that part of that was the coach um he grew up with very competitive teams Mm -hmm. and one thing about the incredibly competitive teams is that um your it's often expected that everyone's going to excel and mm-hmm. that's why you're on the team. And if you mm-hmm. couldn't excel, then you, you wouldn't make the team. Right. Which works when you have thousands of kids vying for a few spots in mm-hmm. terms of guaranteeing everyone's going to be at a certain level. Right. But here, where I grew up, there was, you know, it was a town of 20,000 people. Yeah. There didn't have that those many numbers. kids. Yeah. Sure. If you showed up, yeah, you made You it. made the team. Um, and so I think he was just not prepared mm-hmm. to help us to guide us mm-hmm. and just kind of hope the team would figure it out on their own. Um, and so just a complete lack of guidance and leadership mm-hmm. led to everyone feeling ostracized, everyone not belonging and going negative, mm-hmm. right? You can't, it's really hard to mm-hmm. be okay. I'm going to positive one to reach out because there are consequences. If mm-hmm. you reach out and mm-hmm. suddenly you're, you're now in a different group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's a weakness for someone if you do that. Yeah. yeah, and you mm-hmm. can't risk your social status. You can't risk yeah. your seat on the bus. Yeah, you can't risk your yeah all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and what a scary, gross feeling. Yeah, Ugh, just trapped. the thought of that yeah. is just. Um, and especially in this town, if you quit the team to come back next year, you were going to be ostracized mm-hmm. even more. So if you wanted to keep playing, you had to just yeah. So you stayed for the love of the game, yeah. Even though there was not that much to love because it was just a yeah terrible, yeah. terrible and atmosphere. So the simple idea of belonging, when you don't feel like you belong to it, man, it, it crushes fast. Yeah. 
right? Maybe I don't love this game like I thought I did. Yeah, or I don't love it enough to put up with this, which means how much did I love it in the first place. And then there's that guilt. Yeah. Do I not love this? Am I not Uh dedicated to it? Uh Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. It's amazing to me how debilitating a lack of belongings is, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you wonder why why kids in school, like, they stop coming or whatever. And that could be after not that much time or after years of it, right? If you if they drop out in grade 7 and they felt like they didn't have a spot at any point ever, how have they made it that long, right? Like, if I'm in that feeling, that situation now, if it's more than, like, an hour, I'm like, mm, I'm out. I, I can't handle this, right? Well, and I wonder how long it takes to, to wreck belonging. Yeah. If you had seven years of belonging. Yeah. And then... You didn't for a year. Yeah. How much do you go, nope? Like, what's the resiliency of belonging? Yeah. How much does previous if you've, belonging... If you've always had it, or if you've never had it, and then all of a sudden it's just kind of this click, this, yeah. it be- you belong, you matter, you're important here, and how different that feeling is, and how you want to, once you build that, and you've seen it be mm-hmm. built, then you you have more skills and more resiliency to kind of continue it, or try mm-hmm. try to build it in a new way, right? Interesting. Okay, switching gears. Yes. Tell me about your educational background. Sure. To whatever context, just for, yeah. for people who don't understand. Um, so I um, went to school uh, in BC, and um, when I graduated, I wanted to just get right into it. And mm-hmm. so I took a job in northern BC for uh, the when I graduated in March for the rest of the school year, okay. I took a job. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I took a job in um, the Northwest Territories and then took a job in uh, Northern Alberta. So these were all just temporary jobs, of... random. Mm-hmm. I was unattached wherever mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just wanted to work and teach and get experience. And then um, these are all classroom positions, um, middle school and upper elementary kind of okay. things. Um, and uh, my background at school was, so it's a, five-year ed degree okay. with a specialization in special ed. Okay. So I was thinking back then special ed was maybe where I wanted to go okay. or I love the, the middle school stuff. And mm-hmm. then when I ended up down in Southern Alberta, um, I just got a call, a chance to go to this new, odd, different school. Yeah. I got a call that says, hey, have you heard of these six programs? Mm-hmm. I've heard of none of them. Mm-hmm. And the principal said, okay, um, so on Monday, we'd like to come in, and these are the programs we use. I said, great, I'll learn them this weekend. Mm-hmm. And showed up on Monday, and that was, that was six it. years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's been my job ever since. Cool. And so very much stumbled into this. This wasn't a wasn't a, a plan or anything like that. It was just I was looking around and just trying different things mm-hmm. and teaching. So Okay. So for those of our listeners who were not at the conversation yes, that you and so, I had yeah, yesterday yes, – yes. So what does this, like the, the job you have now, what yes. does that, what does a day look like sure. for you? So um, it's an outreach school. So okay. our school's in a non-traditional educational spot. So mm-hmm. we're in just a, a little uh, strip mall, strip basically. Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our courses are all online. So our students are all online. But in the outreaches, the physical building students come in. They're kind of like learning centers. Okay. Um and so my typical day would be head in in the morning and email triage. So mm-hmm. students working, you know, um, obviously at all kinds of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the cool things about this job is seeing, yeah. you can see when they're working is yeah. when the things are submitted when they're So respond to what needs to respond to, answer the questions, um, do everything that needs to happen in the mm-hmm. email. And then um, often we'll have set up times to meet with kids um, so my, t- my day today, for example, was, uh, emails for the first 45 minutes of the day. And then I had a meeting with a student to go over an assignment mm-hmm. and then a meeting with another student to go over, um, what was on an upcoming test they were going to take. And then it was phone calls and emails and, and chatting with students while, um, doing some assessment and mm-hmm. then some planning. Um, I have a practicum student right now. So then there was some time going over some of their stuff and mm-hmm. um the whole time it was just being online responding mm-hmm. i taught an impromptu lesson to a, a couple of students who had come in and were working okay. on assignments and they wanted help so we did a mm-hmm. whole thing so um it's a very unstructured 
Mm-hmm. So, um, in that we have you know, just freedom to respond to what students need and um, as those needs happen. Yeah, right. As they happen, mm-hmm. and um, and responding to um, all kinds of different different mm-hmm. scenarios for what students need and mm-hmm. how we can handle this is very flexible. Um, and it makes for mm-hmm. a very interesting day as a teacher. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Every day is very different. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. So these, this is kind of a two part question. Sure. What does belonging look like in a school and what does belonging look like in your school? All right. Because to me, it's your program is very specialized, very different yes. than other things. And so how, how do those things differ from your experiences in other classrooms and other schools to what you're doing now? Sure. So um, I recently was asking a lot of questions, actually, about um, uh, started with classroom management mm-hmm. in an online environment. Right. Um, I had taught on a, a school um, in northern Alberta that had... Um, behaviorally there was a lot going on okay and so my classroom management skills were pretty honed on <laughs> fist fights every day in the classroom were, on, were, were pretty regular yeah um right figuring out student needs were why is this student screaming and throwing things all right okay. they haven't had breakfast right probably dinner okay right. so let's get some yeah. toast in um to moving to an online environment where right. i don't see the student yeah if there's a fist fight, there's not really anything there's you can nothing. do about it. It's like, happening yeah. on the street. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if a student's struggling. I don't get to see that that student's close to tears. Yeah. Or that student is tired or that student is frustrated. I can't see that. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking at how to improve the classroom management, and it ended up going into the um, – theories of self-motivation mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, and the author's name is, is, is it decky or desi um but he did the self-motivation and determination mm-hmm. it was the abcs okay. okay so it was the autonomy i'll, I'll find it and i'll insert sure, it yes, here yes. i did in fact find that research uh it was it started out as a book published in 1985 by Edward Desi and Richard Ryan, um, entitled Intrinsic Motivation and Self-Determination in Human Behavior. And so it's a it's a pretty big book, but does have a chapter specifically on education. Um, this research continued further um, with many different people adapting and using their research. I will talk about it more in the final episode. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, but the ABCs are autonomy, belonging, mm-hmm. and competence. If you can give a student those three things, they'll be motivated. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. That became a, mm-hmm. a big thing. And so um, one thing I looked at is previous schools that I had, I had attended and then I had taught at for that belonging component. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that I thought of was it's the student space. Mm. So if a student comes to you and comes to your school and attends there, when they leave, has the school changed has the student's presence caused an impact have they left a mark okay they contributed to the school Mm -hmm. and so if a student can move through your school without ever affecting anything when they leave you can't tell they were ever there Mm -hmm. did they belong to the school did the school belong to them interesting and so when i thought about that i looked back on schools that that i had attended and taught at and i thought the ones where i really thought there was belonging they had done that from student artwork was permanent part of the schools mm-hmm. and the they had done incredible work with making the something as simple as a t-shirt matter making mm-hmm. it mean something mm-hmm. or um the um every student managed to be celebrated for something at some point okay. and the the school was very vibrant in that um, there was a concerted effort to get kids to interact with each other and with teachers. And so there was supposed to be a, when you left, you had interacted with almost everyone in the school. Mm-hmm. And if you came back, teachers remembered you. They knew yeah. who you were. Yeah. More so than just you were a kid in my class. No, yeah. 
we had to do something together. How's your brother doing? Tell me about your life. How, yeah. You know, yeah. Are you still struggling with math or whatever, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. when someone asks, you know, oh, did you, were you in the drama program? You go, no, I wasn't in the drama program. But he was my teacher for our school-wide water fight. Right. We did yeah, he was in my, I was time. in his group that yeah. one time. Yeah. And that forged a connection. Right. And yeah. that student belongs and mm-hmm. they belong intensely because that school yeah. is connected to them. And the idea of coming back years later and being able to see, yeah, that's the, the, you know, we did that art project that is, mm-hmm. was painted on that wall mm-hmm. or, um, we did that. Um, we were part of that intramural team that the photos are up in the, yeah. in the trophy case. Yeah. We started intramurals. Yeah. We were the first ones to do this yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and so the result being that they've impacted their school. Their school reflects their presence being there. Interesting. And so to me, that was incredible. Um, in our online schools and our outreach schools, what I found was um, at the beginning that wasn't there. Okay. Because when you think of an online course, how is a student going to affect Mm-hmm. The course. How mm-hmm. are they going to do it? And so we started a push to just be conscious of, just be aware of, do the kids affect the space? Okay. So we got t-shirts and hoodies, mm-hmm. which seems like a small thing, but the staff wear them pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And so students started wearing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just means that they get to belong to the school. Mm-hmm. Um, we made sure that we had a presence in the schools where our concurrent students. So just to explain, we have um, outreach students who are pure students who attend our outreaches. Okay. But we have what are called concurrent students. So they attend another high school, but they take one or two or three courses with us. So they're, we call them concurrent students. Okay. So they're going to belong to their school. Mm-hmm. But um, since they spend time with us, we wanted to make sure there was a connection. So mm-hmm. we make sure we go to their school. And we just... Mm. Say hi and be present and check in. And one of the coolest things is when you walk down the hall of another high school and a kid says, hey, how's it going? And then their buddy turns to them and goes, you know him? Mm -hmm. And then they all realize they all were part of the online school. They just... They didn't know it because they were all doing it at different times. Yeah, and which fully fit their schedules and met their needs. But it realized we had a community. Yeah. The students didn't know how each other fit into it yeah and so we realized we needed to kind of step up our connection there Interesting. so um something as simple as the t-shirts right now we're designing we're picking a mascot and a model cool. so the students are in charge of that okay. all right and so we kind of set up a premise for them mm-hmm. um for us it's that because we have multiple outreach schools mm-hmm. we wanted something that could be tailored for each outreach okay but would combine as a whole so cool. Um, one school uh, does it where they're the bears, and each homeroom is a different type of bear. Okay, which that was awesome. Yeah. So we've borrowed this concept. Yeah. So the idea is you can belong to your outreach, but then you also belong to yeah the whole both school. your your specific species and the yeah, yeah. cool um, okay. And so we're just trying to really drive getting students to contribute. The goal is when you leave the school you can point to how you affected it, how you changed it, how the school mm-hmm. is different because you attended. Interesting. I really like that. And it's a totally different way of thinking about it. And it's very intentional. Yep. But I think belonging needs to be very intentional because if it's not, then it's really easy to kind of brush it under the rug and say, oh yeah, we have great community in our school. Yeah. We, we have lots of people care about each other. And you're like, how do you know? Well, right? You have to be intentional. Is it an accident or is it a process? Yeah. Right? Is it something that just happens? Yeah. Or is it, no, we take these steps to develop it? Yeah. And I think part of it is because it's going to look different for everyone that we mm-hmm. tend to think, oh, no, it's just a natural thing. But I, there are lots of steps you can take. Mm-hmm. And then part of belonging is that autonomy piece. You have to let them choose what it means to belong. Yeah. I think if you try and force every kid into belonging the same way, uh-huh. you're you're only picking those kids that were going to belong yeah. naturally anyways. Yeah. And so I think saying we want to do stuff, we'll support you. Mm-hmm. Here's some, what some previous students have done. Here's mm-hmm. some ideas. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a, a student in one of our outreaches um, who uh, 
pitched a project to do some some art. Mm -hmm. And so she did it on her own. It was mm -hmm. just her. Mm -hmm. But the result is not only is it a permanent piece, mm -hmm. it inspires other students. Yeah. That's so cool. We say, yeah, a student did that. Like, seriously? Yeah. yeah. Can is I there, do something yeah, like is there that? Something you yeah. want to do? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, could I do this? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then that becomes a piece, one that they're proud of, but mm -hmm. inspires the kids and inspires the yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, and we don't want to say no. what to do. Yeah. But the idea of you're welcome to do something and mm -hmm. here are some ideas. Mm -hmm. In case you have none. Yeah. Or, or sometimes I think you, you need to give the exemplars because kids are very used to the rules, right? Yes. The box of like, well, uh, you can do whatever you want as long as it's still an essay. Or you yeah. can do whatever you want as long as you're still reading this book. And, and instead it's like, you can do whatever you want. Here are some things that people did and they can go, yeah. cool, okay, so that's how big my box is. Yes. Right? That's how big the rules are, how far away they are from me going over yeah. that, right? And yeah. I think even if they have more questions of, so I can do, where did they get this stuff to mm -hmm. do that? Oh, well, we have stuff here. We also might have a little budget or we could do an activity to raise some funds or whatever. It opens more doors and more doors and more doors each time you have the conversation. Mm -hmm. of what can I do? Yeah. Um, and yeah, those exemplars are awesome just to start the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and then students start thinking of it in the belonging terms. They start going, well, what is my thing? What's the thing I can do? Mm -hmm. And that just is, the it, right, it just takes off from yeah. there. And I think that's what we can only hope for for our students is that they can say, hey, here are my gifts. Here's how I can contribute to my school and to my world, right? We yeah. want to have educated citizens who build build the future we don't want them to say we can fit into this mold we want them to use what they have to do what yeah. they love well right? it's funny when you say you know these are my abilities my talents my skills that to me brings me right back to that coach who did such a good job because yeah. he said bring back what you're good at what are you yeah. good at let's make that your job on the let's bring yeah. that to the team yeah and and if you don't know this is what I've seen about you. Yes. I know like you're an amazing artist or you are so great at talking to the kids who don't fit in or whatever yep. it is. And to give them that acknowledgement and they can go, Whoa, that is my gift. I'm not, I don't suck at all school stuff. I don't <laughs> suck at everything. I'm really great at this. I'm like, how amazing is that? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Very neat. Okay. So you've kind of alluded to this a little bit. How do you know a kid feels like they belong? Um, it's a really tough question because mm -hmm. in order to ask them, they have to know what belonging feels like and yeah. what, it's, what it's supposed to mean and how you know you've got there. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, a lot of little clues include um, they feel a sense of um, not just connection, but like uh, they're a little possessive of it. They change it so it's not the school I go to. It's my school. Mm. Um, it's not that thing. It's my thing. So, for example, um, when we, whenever we put stuff up, just tacking things on the walls, mm -hmm. we ask a student, where should we put it? What do we think we should do? Just so that they can be involved in the decision making. Yeah. And it's such a little thing. But if you do it enough times, it becomes a thing that, they're going to know. Okay, I got a poster. What do we do? And conversation yeah. starts yeah. because they can take ownership of it. Mm -hmm. It belongs mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And if it belongs to them, then they belong to it because mm -hmm. it's, you know, yeah. so looking for those little things, I think um, trying to figure out what someone's comfort level is. So if you're a natural introvert, you're obviously not going to Oh, I'm going to lead the pep rally yeah. is never a goal no. and it's not <laughs> no. going to succeed. Um, but so many times we go, oh, that's belonging. Look how outgoing that student is. Uh -huh. And so I think it's just kind of figuring out what is actively participating in the school. Mm -hmm. So what is someone being active mm -hmm. rather than passive? And I think parts of it such as the, you know, the wallflower who does not want to participate in anything. Mm -hmm. Um steps off the wall now they're not by any means yeah they're not at the front no <laughs> right. but they're mm -hmm. they're engaged yeah um is a huge example mm -hmm. of you've captured them yeah um 
And that's that autonomy piece too, right? It's going, belonging needs to look different for every person, yeah. but how can you still foster it for every person? Yeah. Right? Um, and something as simple as the, the t-shirt or mm-hmm. a sticker with the school logo on it mm-hmm. is such a yeah. little and thing. And seeing that they throw it on their laptop yeah. or they wear it when they come in to see yeah. you or, or when they're at the mall on Saturday or yeah. whatever, right? And one thing, um, you never have to earn it. Don't make it earned. It's not a letterman jacket. If you have to be on a team to earn it, you've just excluded everyone who that's not an option for. So it needs to be widely available. Um, So one cool thing that I saw, um, because they did want to foster that sense of earning something, achieving something. Right. Because that's important was you have to set up a way that anyone can earn something. Mm -hmm. Um, And what does it mean to earn it? So the one school did... Um, they would get whatever you did embroidered on the sleeve. So okay. if you were on the volleyball team, mm-hmm. your shirt that anyone could have, you would have to get volleyball. Mm-hmm. But if you were a part of the drama club, mm-hmm. you get drama, get drama club. Yeah. Um, and for them, it was extracurricular. So it was still mm-hmm. a little exclusive because mm-hmm. um, we know what kinds of kids can participate. Yeah, sure. um, you know, Socio and economics and all yeah. those things. Mm-hmm. But it just meant if you contributed, mm-hmm. you got a badge to put on your yeah. version of it. And so I I think it needed to be wider spread. You need to have more things that could be done. But it was a really fascinating way because the pride of I get to be a part of this. I get to be have something on my sleeve that says I was here. Yeah. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But um, anyone could get a sweater. The right. sweaters weren't exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. It was just... Just that one little that tiny one piece little of it that's tiny still... Piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. some kids had like their whole sleeve was the various clubs they were in. And yeah. you're like, cool, man. That's great. Um, yeah. But Good for you. Yeah. You belong a lot. And hey, yeah. for that kid, <laughs> yeah. that was huge, yeah. right? Yeah. If they didn't get to do everything, they mm-hmm. didn't belong. Mm-hmm. For another kid, art club was... The saving grace and yeah. their one and only thing. And right? they got to have a sweater that said art with club. something on it yeah. that said yeah. art club. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Just because it's intentional doesn't mean it has to be big, right? No. This yeah. overarching, let's yeah. put in this belonging system. Yeah. Right? Um, but again, school culture, to me, mm-hmm. should be a belonging yeah. system. It should yeah. be an, an intentional plan. Yeah. yeah. How are we going to get them? Yeah. And if you ever go, well, our school culture is fixed, you've lost the school culture. So you no. you can still have a program, a way to say we're going to build culture. But what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Belonging, students get to participate and that's the third part of the pieces you have the autonomy you have the belonging and you have the competence you you get to contribute in your way and feel like you've achieved something you've succeeded yeah and so that's part of that you know those pieces that you got on your arm you got to succeed you Mm -hmm. did something everybody didn't get that same thing on there it's not like it has the school name on it and that's it and you're just like i didn't earn this piece or yeah you you tried out for volleyball then you get the thing, yeah, whatever, hey, right? You, like, yeah. You put yourself out there, yeah. In whatever was your thing. Interesting. Chess club, great. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons club, great. Cool. You were part of the language team, or you were in band. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but you got to say, I earned this. Mm-hmm. Of course, you earned it. Everyone gets to earn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you, if a student doesn't earn one, that's a big red flag to staff. Mm-hmm. This student doesn't have Isn't- something. Hasn't found a, a space. Yeah. Hasn't found a, how, a group. How can we support them in getting there? Mm-hmm. How can we get them? That would be an interesting way to track it, right? To yeah. Just look at their shirts and be like, these six kids, every year, they don't have anything extra on their shirt. Yeah. Is it because they really don't want to? Is it because no one's noticed their gifts? Right? What's going on? They're they're in a situation where they don't have the opportunity yeah. to. Yeah. And All can right, we well, make it possible for yeah, that opportunity to happen? For them. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Um. Originally, when I was starting this project, I was working a lot um, with the idea of alternate school Mm -hmm. systems and things like that, and working specifically with vulnerable students. And so the way I've kind of defined vulnerable students are not necessarily the behavior kids who are in your face all the time, right? And not your your straight A, like, keener students, but the ones who tend to hide, right? Because I found in my experience, the ones who hide are often the ones who then they, they miss a day, they miss a couple days. They miss a week, they haven't come in a month or whatever, and they kind of slowly drop off the radar. And 
um, I was wondering, do you do you see those sorts of things in your context, even though yours is kind of a very alternate system? Have you seen that happen? And why do you think that's happening, if you do see it? In our context, we tend to see another angle on it. In okay. that I don't see the vulnerable kids in their high school. I see them when they when they reach Have out moved. to us yeah. um, to say, maybe this is a fit. Um, it's very dramatically expanded my idea of what a vulnerable student is. Okay. Because that straight A kid can still be a vulnerable student. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of them. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of students that the social elements of school are Overwhelming. Not, yeah. yeah. And so you don't flag them as vulnerable because their grades are through the roof. Yeah. Um, we get the students who um, crash and burn, right? Everything's going great, and yeah. then all of a sudden it just goes downhill, and you realize this has been building for a long time. Right. Um, we get students with a lot of identity issues. Okay. Um, whether that's um, to do with family life or mm -hmm. um, students who have – um, medical needs or students who are talking about um, sexual orientation or sure. gender identity. Okay. We get lots of students who um, are vulnerable and just they are different. Okay. Um, and they're seeing school as um, a, a tough place. And so they're looking for something that's just different. Mm -hmm. Literally, um, we're looking for an alternate. We don't yeah. know what alternate. Yeah. We're, we're just, just like kind of a Hail Mary pass yeah. and we want something different. Something different. Okay. And um, we are, and we, so we're not for everyone, but I've yet to see something that is for everyone. No. And if anyone not. ever tells me something's for everyone, I, well, let's throw the brakes on this. Yeah. Let me find out why you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, why do you think you've cracked the yeah. impossible code? Um, but we are an alternative for a lot of students who are just looking for something different. And those vulnerable students are so often those students. Mm -hmm. um, and so much of it is finding out what led to them wanting to make a change, mm -hmm. what led to the point. Um, and it's so often it's, it's all the reasons that we know as a classroom teacher something's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so if a student's coming in and they're having a rough day, mm -hmm. If it's a change in behavior, that's a big sends up a big red flag. Mm -hmm. like, okay, what's going on? Unless you find out mm -hmm. things aren't great at mm -hmm. home or mm -hmm. something's happened or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but if that student's been consistently like that in the whole time they've been in your class, mm -hmm. is, that's not a red flag. We look for changes in behavior. Yeah. And so I think vulnerable kids can often fall off the map because, no, that's just how they are. Mm -hmm. They've been in my school for a year, and that's how mm -hmm. they've been the whole year. And you know, mm -hmm. What were they like in the previous school mm -hmm. or the school before that? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for a lot of vulnerable kids, it's just that we didn't see that big change mm -hmm. or it was gradual or they did a really good job of hiding it. Because kids are very good at hiding. They're so oh, incredible at it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, when we discuss skills that kids have, it's hiding what's going wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's everyone thinks that they're good at the internet, but they're actually the worst internet users you've ever come across. <laughs> yeah. Right. What kids are incredible at is figuring out what they need to do, regardless of the costs or consequences or risks. <laughs> yeah. Just like splitting through whatever is yeah. so in the way go, to get from A to B. My life is going terribly wrong and I have no control. I'm going to control the only thing I can, which is how I present myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hide it from everyone. Mm -hmm. And a kid can be brilliant at that. Um but that's the same skill that allows a kid to, mm -hmm. you know, um, get by with learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. That they, I don't want to be dumb. Mm -hmm. So I have to find out how to mask it. Mm -hmm. And they can be incredible at it. Mm -hmm. um, or there's just so many things that kids are, kids are so good at. It's going to hurt me. It's going to damage me permanently. And, and it's going to be brutal, but I can hide it for as long as I can. Yeah. And so... In that context, every student can be a vulnerable student. Oh, absolutely. And has, and has been, probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so identifying them and then providing an alternative for them mm -hmm. is, tr is what we try to do. 
Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to say we succeed at it, yeah. but we, yeah. that's what we yeah, try you're, to do. you're working on it. Yeah. So, like, when a student enrolls in your school, yeah. do you have, like, kind of a an intro interview or kind of a, yeah. like, to, to find out, like, hey, why are you here? Like, we, what yeah. makes what made you seek us out kind of thing? So, um, most of our people who are interested in the school call, they, f- they found out about the website or they've heard about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a call in to one of our admin assistants who schedules what we call an intake. Okay. So I do the intakes at my school. Okay. And so it's a scheduled meeting, just shows up on my calendar that this person's coming in. Um, we gather some info. We try not to gather too much that we found when we dig a little too deep. We, you know, you're kind of violating uh-huh. uh, kids necessary trust. Maybe they're coming here because they... They've had some troubles and they, they're trying to get away from Yeah, yeah. And for you to say, like, here's your file. Yes, here's exactly. Here's all the, the stuff that's been following you since kindergarten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, your last school's did this, this, and this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, we'll just continue that yeah. here. So that's all yeah. important information. But we want to make sure that the student is, is front and center and gets to tell us their story. Sure. Um, and so we meet with them and just kind of find out um, who they are. And one of the best questions you can ever ask a high school student is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because mm-hmm. most of them laugh at it because well i'm basically i'm grown up now what are you talking about (laughs) um but then a bunch of them so many of them say i don't know and Mm -hmm. i don't know to me is a huge tell of it's not on my priority list i've never bothered to think about it because i have so much going on now Mm -hmm. where if another kid has a a direct specific goal that can be a red flag is that your goal is that mom's goal yeah is that someone else's goal for you um and so we just kind of, you know, have the conversation. What do you want to be? Why? What are you looking for? Um, and then I kind of break down who we are, what we do. Okay. And it's we try and have it be a conversation, just a discussion okay. of okay. how you see us and how we can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people signing up right now. Yeah. Others go, all right, I'm going to think about it. And others out the door, we never see yeah. them again. Yeah. Um, and so it's just about presenting, here's what we can do. And we try not to sugarcoat it, mm-hmm. um, but some people are you know, desperately looking for a solution. Yeah. And for others, there's a lot of skepticism. Sure. And so it's just about, here's what we do. Do you think this fits for you? Mm-hmm. And we promote flexibility. And so we can say, we can probably tailor something that'll, that'll do a pretty good job of fitting mm-hmm. what you need. But... Unless for some students it needs to be yeah. a perfect fit. Yeah. And for other students, the same reason you left that school and came to our school, we're going to do yeah. pretty similar thing. It's going to be very similar. Because at a certain point, especially in high school, you got to pass the courses. You got to get the credits. Yeah. It's yeah. There are steps that yeah. you got to follow. We might be doing it in a different format and a different way, yeah. but you still have to... I got the outcomes. Meet the expectations. I got the, I got yeah. the streams. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to yeah. sit you down for a diploma exam. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, yeah, it's, we try and be very flexible and very student-centered in our mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we have the flexibility to be student-centered, um, I, I never mean to say that other schools aren't student-centered. Right. Our approach just allows for a lot more flexibility mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. we tailor it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so... This this is the question that maybe it's kind of the hardest to ask sometimes yeah. because it, it kind of puts you um, in kind of a delicate spot. So if, yeah. we, if you want to cut it out or you don't want to answer it, that's fine. Um, what is the piece of the puzzle that's missing from your current programming? What sure. are you like, this is the whole, we're either not meeting the needs of this or we're not doing a good enough job of this. What What's missing sure. from what you're doing? Um, so one thing I credit very much to my school and the staff and the environment is that's a question we ask all the time. Excellent. It's a central point of what we do mm-hmm. and we're very reflective. So what have we changed and how is it? Um, because one thing we found is we've progressed a lot, okay. but other times we're still missing stuff. We've, mm-hmm. we've progressed, yeah. but if you've gotten better at the stuff you're already good at, you haven't fixed any holes. No, that's not to say mm-hmm. you don't want to get better at the stuff yeah, you're good always. at. Yeah, always. You always want to be improving, obviously. but it doesn't mean you're widening your... Yeah, yeah. your holes might just be getting deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting yeah, better. yeah. Um, so for us, some of the big ones are we want to be able to offer way more in the terms of courses and in options for students. Okay. Um, 
one of the things limited online is we don't have a, a lab or we don't have mm-hmm. a shop. Yeah. And so we need to provide as many options as possible for our students. Um, but we have some natural limitations. limitations. Yeah, of course. Um, and so that seems okay. And so a kinesthetic learner is going to struggle with us. Mm-hmm. Sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. Reading, talking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do we say, oh, if you're a kinesthetic learner, you're not going to fit with us? Absolutely. Right. You can't. No. And we never want to do that. Yeah. So we need to find ways to do that. Sure. Um, and we're trying. One thing we've done, we've partnered with schools for sports. So you can okay. attend our school, but you can still play sports oh, cool. for your okay. local team. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Alberta, um, the ASAA, Alberta Sports. I don't know any of that stuff, but you can um, tell me anything and I. They're maybe. great. They allow us to, to piggyback. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's a big thing. Okay. Um, we also have. Um, so much on cam- off-campus programming, the registered apprenticeship program, mm-hmm. work experiences that we run that through the outreach so that we can get kids and cool. things like that. But it's a it's a big limitation, and we're mm-hmm. still fighting on it. Especially as a teacher, when I'm lesson planning, um, I know there's still only so much you can do. Yeah. in a two D format. Right? Yeah, and so when we have the conversation, it's so tempting to say, "Well, I mean that we, there's not a lot we can do there, so let's drop it." But obviously. Right. That doesn't solve the problem. No. Yeah. And so let's pretend we don't have this problem. Anymore. Yeah. Um, and so that's a big hole. Okay. Um, another one is um, when I'm building my year plan and I'm in a classroom, mm-hmm. I have my year plan based on the outcomes and then I build my units and then I do mm-hmm. my daily lessons. Sure. At the end of the week, if I'm behind in my lessons, mm-hmm. we just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. I tailor my lessons next week. Mm-hmm online my course is my course yeah so if a student tells me i'm behind mm-hmm. do i modify my course to fit what how they're behind yeah if i find a really cool resource and i add it to my course my mm-hmm. course just got longer yeah you can't you can't do that in in a classroom you can't say oh don't i'm i just need to add 12 hours yeah. of instructional time yeah. to this point yeah can you guys just stay after school every yeah. day for a couple yeah. of weeks you know okay? how yeah, yeah during this time or i'm actually gonna ask you to skip bio and come to my yeah. class yeah so um being aware of limitations and what mm-hmm. we're asking of students mm-hmm. is it's big and it's something that yeah. is a struggle because of course we always want to add and improve yeah and, and it makes it more meaningful if it's like i saw this yesterday that has to do with romeo and juliet today like yeah. let's talk about this but then yeah we've just expanded there's no bell telling me the lessons over yeah um and so one thing we ask is do you think your course last year or two years ago three years ago met the at the time you know the 125 hour mm-hmm. guideline mm-hmm. and you go yeah okay i've added six things how many hours do i estimate my course to be right why am I still saying 120 yeah, hours? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did um, I take six things out as yeah, well? Yeah, did I yeah. reduce it? And um, so that's that's a, just something that we always have to be aware of mm-hmm. um, is that you don't have those natural limitations that mm-hmm. kind of help guide mm-hmm. you. Um, one of the best things um, I see from teachers um, is when they do lesson plan and then the next year they use those lesson plans and a calendar. Mm-hmm. At this point I was here. Now I'm here. Why? Mm-hmm. How, what, is, what has changed? What have I added? Yeah. What have I done? Um, and online, I have to just kind of hope when at the, when we get to the end of the the semester, mm-hmm. because we operate on a whole variety of schedules. Sure. Based yeah, on tailored based on, to the, on the students. Yeah. So if you're telling me, oh, I have a spare at my high school and I'm going to be filling it with one of your courses, mm-hmm. then my expectation How many is, hours of time is that for yeah, you? Yeah. And my expectation is that you're going to be spending those spare. It's not a spare anymore. Yeah. A that's a class. But you ask a teenager to give up a spare, up to, a do spare. A, to do an online course. Yeah. Oh. Oof, How about even a university one. student? I do right? that. <laughs> um, do I spend all that time doing that course? And then a big part of it is passive versus active. Mm-hmm. If I have you sitting, just reading a lesson again mm-hmm. and again and again, and I switch it up by adding a, a video so you're viewing something. Mm-hmm. You've been sitting there. And I know at a reading we consider an, an active skill, but it, compared mm-hmm. to engaging or creating yeah. or yeah. anything like that. Interacting with Yes, the, it's with going to be a, a more passive. And so I can go, so I just created three lessons that were just passive, and then I expect you to 
be active in your assessment, mm-hmm. but you weren't active in your learning. How are you going to be active in my assessment? Mm-hmm. So how do I make kids active in an mm-hmm. online setting? Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Um, so the assessment as learning becomes mm-hmm. so big because it's so easy to do the assessment of learning and learning. You do this, you take this quiz. Yeah. You do this, you hand in this mm-hmm. assignment. And so, no, how do we engage? How do we build? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, yeah, lots of, Lots of holes, lots of challenges, lots of areas yeah. we have to grow. Yeah. Interesting. But it's awesome that you're so aware of that and always wanting to grow. Yeah. Know, right? And and try to fix those holes and fill them in and yeah. grow in every direction yeah. if you can. I credit the leadership at our school. Mm-hmm. I credit the staff at our school. I credit that it's never a conversation of how are we failing, but where can we grow how yeah. can we improve yeah um, and so it's it's framed very positively yeah um it's become for me one of the the greatest experiences of, of my educational journey is a place mm-hmm. where you can go um here's what i'm struggling with mm-hmm. and everyone goes great let's figure it out yeah which is amazing yeah like that's the best kind of it's spot you can possibly the learning Wish that for occurs, as an educator, yeah. The the way you improve as an educator yeah. is stunning. Yeah. And in so many different areas. Yeah. And being able to say to someone, I suck at this. I noticed you're good at this. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the online, part of what we get to do is there's so much more collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, in my school, for example, there's three teachers that I can see at all right. times. Right. Like you're all in the son. same room. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so just – I say, Listening to someone else teach a totally different subject is the coolest PD. Yeah. So you just go, wow, never in a million yeah. years would I have thought that. Yeah. Or can I use that strategy in my subject matter? Yeah. Can I do it like that? Can I change what? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, but it so helps to fill holes because you, mm-hmm. you can identify your holes. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, I suck at that. Yep. Let me fix that. Yeah. yeah. How did you do? I didn't even know there was a yeah. thing to do. I didn't even know there was an area I wasn't doing right. something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very so. cool. Okay. So bringing it back to the more personal. Yep. What's something that you need in order to feel that you belong? Um, personally, I need um, acknowledgement. Okay. So I need someone to recognize that I am present and working and and I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't need someone to come and tell me, oh, you're great. You're doing mm-hmm. just super. But I do need someone to acknowledge that I'm working on it. Um, I think because in a classroom you can go so long without an interaction. Mm-hmm. Right, you can be trapped in there with your students and just doing your thing. Mm-hmm. That I'm um, having, <laughs> right? But that's what it becomes. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just sounds so terrible, but it's like, oh yeah, no. yeah. It's like that sometimes. I know. I was looking for, you know, my interactions with other teachers often weren't about educational support. It was I need to talk to an adult. I need an yeah. interaction yeah. that isn't a twelve-year-old yeah. who's. Yeah. You know, whole life is blown up because his math test didn't go yeah. well. No, this is, I just need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, just having that acknowledgement mm-hmm. um, is a wonderful piece because um, it gives me some, a feeling of kind of like security. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so you get that I'm trying. Mm-hmm. So even if that's followed by criticism or sure. critique or whatever, we've established there's validation there that yes I see yeah. you I know you're here yeah. you're working um, you're and, trying yeah and to say it does sound a little like please acknowledge me yeah please. <laughs> I need my pep yeah, on the back exactly page. exactly um but it's it to me it was it was a key when I realized about myself mm-hmm. if you don't acknowledge what I'm doing your criticisms don't matter I don't mm-hmm. I can't accept them because. Yeah, I don't think you see me. Yeah, you're just being think, mean to me. Yeah, your criticism has no value because yeah. I don't think. Um, and so for my belonging, that was a big part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, success is always attainable. So I always want to feel like um, I can always achieve what we're going, mm-hmm. trying to achieve, or that um, my work is going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, for me, that idea that. I belong because I can contribute and there's a purpose mm-hmm. to my contribution and I'm having an effect. I'm having an impact mm-hmm. is that I matter piece. So I've found when in places where I feel like I belong is because they go, we value you mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. make something happen. And I go, 
absolutely. I'll work my yeah, hardest. Yeah. I'm definitely going to make it You happen. see me. I'm going to work for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I do think one of the, the best things that I found about myself is learning how I get motivated. Mm-hmm. And that's right. That's the poke goes back to that belonging piece. You need autonomy. I need to know that mm-hmm. I'm in control of what mm-hmm. I'm doing. I need to know that I belong to this team. Mm-hmm. And I need to know that I can achieve success yeah, in what I'm doing. You're competent if, if you can hit those bars for me, yeah. I'll run through brick walls for you. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So my hope is that this podcast, I mean, you've said amazing and very wise things that I hope people listen <laughs> Thank to. Thank you. Thank you. If they choose not to listen to any of it. Yeah. And instead they just like skip right to the end. The last yeah. question is like, what's something that a teacher can use to build belonging in their school, in their classroom tomorrow? What would All you right. recommend? So for tomorrow, um, I would go to let students have an impact on their space. So have them create something to put on a wall. It seems like such a small thing, mm-hmm. but when you walk in the classroom and see it's yours, and what I find is they do an incredible job in elementary. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, there's less stuff on the walls. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in bulletin boards. Mm-hmm. I wasn't until mm-hmm. I started to see what they can do. They're either a learning object or a celebration of success. How often do we have a celebration of student success? Mm-hmm. Um, so have them put some on the walls. Okay. Um, ask them how they would do something. Mm-hmm. Get their, have their feedback and have mm-hmm. it matter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, I had an amazing uh, teacher in a university who taught us drama. She took the, um, a drama technique called Mantle of the Expert. Okay. So the idea is, I don't ask you a question about something. As a teacher, I don't say, tell me, or what do you know about this? So let's say, as a, you know, I'm in a grade three classroom, mm-hmm. and I go, what do you know about dinosaurs? Okay, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and that one kid who's obsessed he with loves dinosaurs, dinosaurs. He's going <laughs> to tell you that his whole book he's memorized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a teacher, you're going to go, great, we got the answer. Yeah. Well, you just got three I don't knows, and 12 kids did not look at you once. Yeah. So instead, this thing, Mantle the Expert goes, you're a paleontologist. I'm a reporter who's coming to find out about this so I can write a story. Mm-hmm. So what do you know about dinosaurs? Now, you're the expert on dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And that kid is going to go, uh, 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 no, whatever you tell me. You're the expert. You're the I'm, expert. Just, I'm just copying stuff I'm just, I'm just listening. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how they just. There's no risk. I'm the expert. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what yeah. I think because there's, I'm not being judged. Yeah. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. And so giving kids that you can contribute. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested if you're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in what you have to contribute. And so give students some power. Give them a chance to, with little to no risk, mm-hmm. say what they want to yeah. say. And so you can control it by saying, hey, let's rearrange the space. Or, hey, let's do an assignment. Um, I saw a teacher, the students designed the rubric. Mm-hmm. Simple thing. Yeah. But they have some power in they, that. Like they have some control on how they're going to be assessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is you can just have them put in their words. Here's the rubric. But let's say it in a way that matters to you. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying spelling and grammar, yeah. what can we say? When the kids say, well, that it makes sense and it's all right. Cool. Great. Yeah. Makes sense and it is all right. Yeah. Do you guys know what that means? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now you have just contributed yeah. to your assessment. Yeah. Um, so I would just try and give students a sense of power and that they can impact. Hmm. They have some control over their yeah. learning. They get to do it. Um, it'd be the first thing I track because it's free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Requires no coordination or organization. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if you do it enough, it becomes a becomes a habit students. and kind of a cultural thing yeah yeah it's funny that you say that because that's almost identical to your belonging story at the beginning when you're like my coach told me that this is when i this was my role yeah. that i needed to be part of this i'm validated in this i'm the expert in this and then do this right yeah and so your personal story totally filters into right what we do in yeah. classrooms right well and if you had asked me to explain it when i was that that athlete no no, way. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Way. no 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 but now looking back on it i go wow he was yeah, good at that yeah, he had that yeah. dialed in nice. so yeah in my classroom uh the goal is to give mm-hmm. students that feeling of nice i can do it and oh, i matter that's the most important like to me so 
That's that's all that matters is that they know that they matter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so and I love the you know greet every student when they walk in. Yeah. That's a great one. Or make sure every student is given an opportunity to. Yeah. And I love all that. And that's important techniques. Um, but for me, it's always been the. It's great if you say hi to me, but if you can acknowledge me for something I've done. Yeah. And I've watched people say hi to someone and not acknowledge them at all. Right. right? Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating to me because it's like a teacher checklist thing again, right? It's like, yeah. well, I said hello to every student. Well, did they say hello back? Did they make eye contact? Do they know, do they know that you care? Do you know anything about them? Was it about you or was it about them? Yeah. That's such a crucial question. Crazy. Okay. Anything else that you feel like you need to really get off your chest that I uh, haven't asked you, or you're like, wait, I need to, I need to talk more about this. Um, no, I, like I said, I think I, I got to say a lot of great stuff. Yeah, the only I thing is, um, for us, it's ongoing. We have a sure. whole pile of ideas that we want to try, mm-hmm. um, and that buy-in. Um, you can get the staff to buy in. You can get the students to buy in. If you get mm-hmm. the students to buy in, the staff buys in. So it's, just a, it's a cycle. Yeah. yeah. And um, it builds and builds and builds and it can fade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it fades, you have to always be asking, what are we doing? How are we creating this? How are we, how are we building this? So mm-hmm. um, just to keep at it and keep, make sure you know mm-hmm. what you're trying to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this wonderful interview. Yeah. Thanks for letting me talk. Of course. (laughs) Anytime. Talk away.